Welcome back to the Argentina Project Podcast, brought to you by the Wilson Center. I'm your host, Benjamin Gadan. And I'm your producer, Katie Hopkins. Today, we are joined by phone from Buenos Aires by Agustino Fontevecchio. He's the digital director of Perfil, one of the leading news companies in Argentina. He's also the executive director of Perfil's English language, Buenos Aires Times. Benjamin and Agustino discuss tensions between the Argentine press and the Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner government, and expectations for the media's relationship with President-elect Alberto Fernandez. On to the interview. Agustino, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. The government of Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, eight years before the current government of Mauricio Macri, was famous for its bad relationship with the Argentine press. In particular, it was at war with the most important media company in Argentina, Clarín. It had a campaign, the original fake news campaign, Clarín Miente, Clarín Lies, um, and tried to break up the company, but also poor relations with La Nación and a reputation for clashing with the media. I'm curious about the experience of Perfil during that period and you know, how the media environment has evolved over the last four years of Mauricio Macri's administration. Um, I, I, absolutely. I, I do think it's important to go back a little bit and analyze the, the Kirchner administrations, both of them, or all three of them, uh, Nestor and Cristina's, and their relationship with the media. Uh, initially, there was a honeymoon period in which society and major media supported what was being done by the Kirchner administrations. And this includes Clarín and La Nación. They were not only fanboys of what they were doing, and the country was, you know, picking up from a very big crisis, so that makes sense. But um, uh, the last act in government by Nestor Kirchner was to sign in uh, the, the permission so that Clarín could actually fuse its telecommunications and cable uh, companies. So not only was there a honeymoon period in terms of coverage and in terms of you know society in general kind of being optimistic about a, an economic recovery after the 2001-2002 crisis, but there was also you know an alignment of, of policies, at least uh, the government and the media industry. The only company was our company, Perfil, that uh, suffered systematic uh, discrimination from the first day, uh, because the, the mechanism by which the Kirchners controlled the media, or at least initially played it in their favor, was the official advertising budget. Um, originally, they, they, they ballooned the budget and they distributed it uh, across different entities. And every major outlet in the country received money, with the exception of Perfil. Um, the honeymoon begins to break or, or to deteriorate and implodes to, towards 2008 with the so-called crisis del campo, uh, when Cristina tried to raise export taxes for, for agricultural exports. And there had already been a lot of tension with Clarín, and that's finally when there's a, there's a break. And that's when then uh, the Cristina Kirchner government goes to war uh, with Clarín and effectively, in my opinion, wins the cultural war of telling everybody that Clarín was not an objective journalistic institution, and that media in general had interests. Uh, I, I think it's also a, a sort of a global moment in which people came to, to realize uh, that the objectivity of the media was not something that was, you know, was true. Uh, media responds to certain interests, uh, but they lost the economic war against Clarín, which effectively won and uh, continues to be the most important media company 
in Argentina. Now, if we go to the, the Macri years, there can be no doubts that the Macri administration had a completely different and much more transparent relationship with the media. Uh, and, and by this, I mean, they allowed criticism, they gave press conferences, they gave interviews, they gave off the record meetings to people from different uh, areas of the political spectrum. Um, and they tried to be more rational with the distribution of the advertising budgets, even though they, they did pressure different groups um, Pagina 12 received some pressure. Initially, Pagina 12 is a more pro-Kirchner, pro-Peronist outlet. But towards the end of the, now, the end of the Mac administration, Pagina 12 had been receiving official advertising, uh, which is a sort of uh, supposedly implicit but quite explicit subsidy uh, that the media industry has. So, and then one more thing that's important is that the Macri administration also signed into law uh, regulatory uh, movements that were, for example, favorable for Clarín, but for many other outlets as well. Um, so uh, I would say that, you know, there's been an evolution and the type of pressure that the media suffered under the Kirchners was by no means what was suffered under the Macri administration. Let me ask about the future now. I mean, you working at Perfil, which had a particularly bad relationship with the Kirchners, but but others of your colleagues who also clashed with the Christina Kirchner administration now see her returning to the Casa Rosada as of December 10th. And already we've seen from Alberto Fernandez some tensions with reporters who have been covering his you know, incoming administration. There was a, a tweet that I'll let you describe um, directed at a La Nacion reporter that, that was quite aggressive and provoked quite a response from fellow journalists. Yes, uh, absolutely. So the journalist is called Hugo Alconadamon, and Hugo Alconadamon is one of the most respected investigative journalists in Argentina right now. Uh, Hugo Alconadamon was the person, one of the leading uh, investigators in the Panama Papers investigation, and I would say across the political spectrum that, that Hugo is a is a professional and a good professional. So he published a story where he shows that a, a collaborator of Alberto Fernandez in the University of Buenos Aires took the representation of a person involved with Lázaro Baez, who is a controversial businessman accused of being a placeholder for the Kirchners and who holds their, their fortune. And so Hugo Alconadamon indicated that there could be conflicts of interests and improper use of this lawyer's uh, closeness to Alberto Fernandez in this case. And so Alberto Fernandez came out responding and in a very intimidatory manner, uh, suggesting that in his government, there will be no underground operations from judges, from prosecutors or from journalists. But the whole industry came out in response. And most of the people here came out saying, you know, you don't, you shouldn't mess with journalists and you shouldn't mess with a guy like Iconadamon. I think the deeper message, though, is what will Alberto Fernandez's relationship be with the media? Uh, I, my, my feeling is that the, the different communication channels that we have seen, and I speak for Perfil, but I speak for, for the industry, are much more fluid than they were during the Kirchner years, where it was very militant, the type of journalists that, that had access. I think that now there's been a more mature relationship. Um, so there will be access, there will be information, um, but I think that there will also be intolerance to criticism 
And it would be hard for someone like Alberto Fernandez to accept things that he doesn't agree with in the same way that Macri did. Because also Macri didn't really care about the media. It, it, Macri had a position uh, where he understood that the media was a sort of antiquated institution and that it was better to communicate directly with the people. The Peronists have a long time history with the media and they, they do believe in, in, in the media as an important element. Uh, this was very clear with the sort of war that Christina waged against Clarín. Um, so I think that we're going to see a sort of Trump-like tweet response to, to criticism from Alberto Fernandez. And this will definitely put a tense situation with the relationship with the media. The defenders of Alberto Fernandez, you know, have a different view. I mean, they say that he left Cristina's government around the time of, of her conflict with Argentine farmers. And in fact, when he was in, you know, chief of cabinet for Nestor Kirchner, he was, a, you know, an intermediary to Clarín and other members of the mainstream Argentine media, and in fact had a, a pretty good relationship. That's what they point to versus the, you know, recent conflict and the, you know, indications from this tweet that in fact he, he's quite prickly and and prone to attacking the press. So which Alberto Fernandez is, is going to, you know, control this relationship? Well, that's the million dollar question in every aspect of Alberto Fernandez policy is which Alberto Fernandez will we see? Alberto Fernandez is uh, the leader of a pan-Peronist coalition that includes people that align themselves with uh, Venezuela and Bolivarian Chavismo, and also people that are conservatives uh, in terms of their economic policy and in terms of their social policy. So it is quite a, a different group of people that he's trying to keep un, un, united. I think part of that unity was what allowed them to win the election against Macri. And so when we ask ourselves, what Alberto Fernandez will we see? You know, we're asking ourselves that question on, on almost every front, on the economic front, on the uh, foreign relations front, on the judicial front, on the social policy front. Um, when it comes to the media, there is there are no doubts that he has a cozy relationship with Clarín and Grupo Clarín CEO and power strongman Hector Magneto. And as you mentioned, Benjamin, he did represent them legally, uh, internally in the government, and he led the Kirchner government uh, when the battle against the media was kind of intensifying. So he will definitely have a good relationship with Clarín. Um, it might take, and I think it's easier to say this in English than it would be to write this in Spanish, but my take is that Clarín as an organization understands what it has to do to relate itself with uh, Alberto. The question is, how will it control its newsroom, which has been very strong in its rejection of the Kirchners? And it will be interesting to, to see that battle. Uh, when it comes to La Nación, La Nación represents a conservative group of people that, that traditionally are anti-Peronists. So there, there could be conflict there. Uh, and, and then I think just in general with the rest of, of the media ecosystem, it will really come down to how they tolerate criticism, which I think will be, they will have a low bar, and then what they do with the official advertising budget, which it is said that they will uh, triple it from what the Macri administration was doing, but this is completely unchecked. We don't know who's going to be running the different entities that regulate the communications and media ecosystem. 
And there is a Supreme Court ruling that we secured when we sued the state at the time uh, as per feel. Um, so they, they can't use it to arbitrarily give rewards and punishments. So I, I do think that it will be tense, but it won't be all out war. Before we conclude, Agustino, I wanted to ask a question unrelated to politics, but related to the media climate, which is the business model. I mean, Argentina is not immune from the challenges that the traditional media has faced, you know, globally as, you know, subscriptions to the print products have declined and the very lucrative advertisements that had appeared in print have migrated to some degree online, but but are much less profitable or have found uh, other other ways to advertise, not through traditional media outlets. What's the state of the news in Argentina in terms of the businesses? It's a, it's a great question. As, as you mentioned, there is a global shift in, in consumer behavior. Uh, of course, the internet and the rise of smartphones have fragmented our attention. And media outlets, be them journalistic outlets or entertainment outlets, uh, our purpose is to get in front of your eyeballs. We want your attention. Um, and so we have a much tougher competition for attention against very sophisticated players. When you add to that the fact that the internet has a, a culture of free content and ad-based monetization, and then you understand that that ecosystem is controlled by the major tech uh, corporations, particularly Google and Facebook, then, then, you know, be it Argentina or anywhere in the world, there is a major challenge for media outlets. Uh, when it comes to Argentina specifically, what we're seeing is that uh, most major outlets are quite sophisticated in their understanding of the digital ecosystem. But like anywhere else in the world, we're struggling to make ends meet in terms of online. The ad money is by no means enough. So you have to charge the user. And users are not that accustomed to paying for news as they are paying for entertainment, such as a, a streaming service like Netflix or, or Spotify. Here in Argentina, Clarín and La Nación have launched uh, paywall models. Um, they they supposedly had some, have some 100,000 paying subscribers, digital paying subscribers that are not bundled up from other products each, which is a fairly interesting number. And other outlets are trying. Uh, so you have Pagina 12 as a donation model and some uh, provincial outlets are trying. Perfil is also in the process of doing it. And then you have the largest digital player, which is Infobae, which is pursuing a different strategy. They're going after a strategy of um, ad-based model and internationalization. Um, where are we now? There's a big problem with the fact that we have this sort of subsidy that is the official advertising uh, budget that is, is necessary. It's a necessary evil for all of us. Unfortunately, if they cut it to zero tomorrow, I think that most outlets would go out of business uh, and maybe everybody but Clarín and maybe La Nación. So, you know, there is a fine balance there in terms of figuring out our business model and being able to monetize without any support from the government in a country where, you know, the government continues to destroy the economy uh, year after year and administration after administration. Um, so I'd say... Buenos Aires, in particular, in Argentina in general, has a very healthy news ecosystem in terms of the number of outlets and the, the different opinions. But as a business, it's it's as bad as anywhere else and even worse given Argentina's crisis. But 
um, there's resilience, there's, there's knowledge, there's talent. So I think we'll pull through. Agustino, fantastic analysis. Thank you so much. You're in the, in the thick of it as the media environment in Argentina puts a lot of business and political stress on your company and others. And uh, we hope to talk to you again as we see the approach of the new government. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And we'll see you soon. And thankfully, our producer is a wonderful editor. That's me, Katie Hopkins. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to the Argentina Project podcast on SoundCloud and sign up for our weekly newsletter at wilsoncenter.org slash weekly dash asado. Asado.